This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Just a heads up here at the top. Listen to this episode somewhere quiet. The audio quality is a little rougher than usual, but this is an important story with a great reporter. It's worth your time. If you've heard about Ahmad Arbery, you might have heard about a video, a video that shows his final moments as he's shot and killed by a couple of men while running through a coastal neighborhood in Brunswick, southern Georgia. This was February 23rd, around 1 o'clock, a warm Sunday afternoon. Ahmad was just shy of his 26th birthday. But Christian Boone, he wouldn't start with this video. Boone's the public safety reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Christian, he'd start this story by talking about Ahmad Arbery's mother, Wanda Cooper-Jones. You know, when I first spoke to her, which seems like a, a year ago, but it was just a couple of weeks ago, you know, she was tried to be optimistic, but was, you know, also like, well, this is how these things go down here. God, that's heartbreaking. That yeah, <laughs> a mother whose son has just been killed said, well, that's the way things go. Well, you know, and they also look at what, what the police told her the uh, night of her son's death, that they said that Ahmad had been caught breaking into someone's property and had been chased by the homeowner and killed. So, Did she believe that? She did, because she, she told me, she said, well, it's, a, you know, an official authority. Why would he lie? Of course, since then we found out that that, that was not case and that was proven. After her son died, Wanda kept asking questions about the men who killed him and the people investigating them. When she discovered one of the prosecutors had a conflict of interest, she pressed for a new prosecutor. When she learned there was a video of her son's killing, she asked for it to be released. She also had a tenacity like, you know, we're not going to let this case disappear. We want Brunswick to know that the eyes of the world are looking upon, you know, or are watching them. Little did they know that that actually would be the case. Even though Wanda was the driving force behind the investigation into her son's death, and even though the outrage over this video is the sole reason her son's killers got arrested last week, Wanda still hasn't been able to bring herself to watch Ahmad's final moments. She says she might never be able to watch. Have you spoken to Wanda since the video came out and everything changed? Yes. What does she sound like now? I mean, I don't think happy is the right word. She's relieved that they're being held accountable. And I think, you know, still trying to kind of register all that that's happened. I mean, because two weeks ago or less than a week ago, if you go back to last Tuesday morning, this was a case that had dragged on for more than two months. It was on its third investigator. It didn't seem any closer to, you know, to completion. And, and then within two hours, the whole world knows about it. 
Today on the show, if you've heard about Ahmaud Arbery, you probably think of his story as one about racism. Christian's reporting reveals another layer that can't be captured as easily on a cell phone video. It's about corruption, small-town politics, nepotism. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You're based in Atlanta, right? Yes. So when did you first hear about Ahmad Arbery's story? I heard about it actually about a, probably six weeks ago. What was the story you first heard? That, that a former uh, policeman and investigator in the district attorney's office had shot, killed this black jogger. Now, you know, it was, it was, uh, Always a little suspect. It would be just just those particulars was enough to, to stir interest. I have to tell you, when I got the incident, the police report of the incident, it was clear to me that okay, this case was being dealt with in a not typical way. Because why? The only person they spoke to was Greg McMichael. He was the voice for you know everything that happened. And he was the shooter. Yeah. Well, no, he wasn't the shooter. His son fired the shots. He was providing gun cover. For, I mean, he had his gun out there as well and point, you know, aimed at Arbery if, if needed. Can you describe the area where this shooting took place? Like, what is Brunswick like? Well, Brunswick's an interesting place. It's uh, home, and this is, you know, sort of wider than Brunswick, but home to some of the richest people in Georgia who live on Sea Island and St. Simons and Jekyll Island, which are all nearby. And then you have some of the poorest people in the state who live there. Many of those are black, and you know a lot of the divisions that have been around for generations remain. You know, there's there's a mistrust of the police, I think, by the black community there, and that's that's not uncommon, of course. But um, there have been a number of scandals in recent years involving involving police and the DA's office. Yeah, my my producer spoke with some activists down there, and one of them said, you know, the people in power are white folks, yeah. even though there are more black people in the area. Yeah, it's an interesting place. From the outset, there appeared to be just a couple of people involved in this shooting. Travis McMichael, who fired the gun, and his dad, Greg McMichael. Christian says a lot of what was initially known about this case came from Greg. Greg McMichael is a uh, recently retired investigator with the Brunswick's Judicial Circuit District Attorney's Office. Prior to that, he was a cop uh, for at least seven years in Glen County. Don't know much about Travis. I mean, there's been there's not been the usual kind of counteroffensive saying, you know, oh, they were good guys. Or, you know, he was a family man. 
So Greg and Travis live in this suburban community, Satilla Shores? Right, just south of Brunswick. It's mostly white. Mostly white, middle-class community. Um, so seeing a black jogger run down the street, you might notice it. They sure did. So tell me the story of February 23rd. Ahmad Arbery is running down the street. He is running down the street. It's about 1 o'clock. So Tilla Shores is you know, not far from his house, I think about three, four miles. I talked to a resident who lives kind of in between where Ahmad lived in Satilla Shores. And she said that when he was killed, she didn't know him, but she recognized him right away. And the photo is like that guy who runs all the time. Hmm. He was an avid jogger. Um, that was a nearby area where he could run through. Now, at the time, and this is, you have to think about the time too and, and the place. I mean, he's being accused of you know, burglary, but at one o'clock on a Sunday in this you know, town like Brunswick, that's really when people are getting home from church or get, you know, so it's an odd time, I think, if you were, if you were going to be committing some home invasions. But anyway, he is spotted by Greg and Michael running. He tells police later that, you know, he recognized him from surveillance video. So he calls out to his son, Travis. They both uh, are armed and they get in a pickup truck and chase him down. It's hard to imagine the thinking there where I I guess these folks were former law enforcement, so saw themselves in that role. But the idea that you see someone and you charge after them with a gun is pretty foreign to me. Yes, it is. Um, Now, shortly before that, there was a report, someone called 911 about um, someone being at this uh, unfinished home in the neighborhood. And it it appears to be Ahmaud Arbery. Now, He's just sort of looking around. I think we've all kind of, you know, going to, there's a new house being built in your neighborhood and there's, you might check it out. Perhaps he went there to relieve himself. He's, you know, on a long jog, who knows. But he's spotted there and he runs from there and that's sort of where the Michaels pick it up. Hmm. They told police that they were going to make a citizen's arrest. Well, to do that, you've got to see a crime actually happen as it's happening. And there's no indication that Graveman Michael has seen Ahmad do anything. And Ahmad is not accused of any crime that day. He was seen on video footage going into an unfinished home, looking around, checking it out, and that's it. He doesn't take anything. Well, there was nothing found on him when he died. So not only was there no crime, but the McMichaels were not in the right zone to even pursue a citizen's arrest? No, not at all. They're way out of bounds of what what's acceptable in a citizen's arrest. One thing is clear. By the end of the day on February 23rd, Ahmad Arbery is dead. And while Travis McMichael fired the fatal shot, police interviewed Travis's father, Greg, and didn't make any arrests. So the case is originally referred to the local prosecutor, Jackie Johnson. What happens then? Well, that depends on who you believe. Jackie Johnson, the first district attorney to get her hands on the case, she has this conflict of interest. Greg McMichael, the father of the shooter, he used to work in her office. He'd actually investigated Ahmaud Arbery while he was there. So the state attorney general intervenes, assigns the case to another district attorney a guy named George Barnhill. 
But both of these prosecutors, they have a history of being aligned with the police and pursuing questionable investigations. Right. More so Jackie Johnson. I mean, she's a polarizing figure, to be sure. There was a case involving a woman who was shot and killed by police uh, after a low-speed chase. The GBI investigator who oversaw the case called it the, the worst police shooting he'd ever seen. GBI meeting Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Yes. But Jackie Johnson helped the officers who were you know, involved in the shooting with their preparation before the grand jury. And, you know, it was pretty much had her finger in that in that case to help the uh, defendants. Hmm. One of our writers at Slate, Joel Anderson, wrote an article about the fact that George Barnhill, who took over the case from Jackie Johnson, he had covered a story where George Barnhill was prosecuting a black activist for helping someone vote and calling it voter fraud. And to me, it's just, it's another layer of mistrust with the community. And if you read George Barnhill's, not only his letter to police, to Glenn County Police, but also his recusal letter, it tells you a lot about who he is. George Barnhill, this second district attorney, he writes a couple of documents explaining his decision not to charge the McMichaels with any crime. Now we know there's a lot missing from those documents. But what Barnhill does say is pretty revealing. He attacks Arbery Ahmad's family, says he's got a, a cousin in prison. Well, what does that have to do with this? With this? He cites rabble-rousers who have been trying to, you know, create, create attention for the, to this story. I'm glad you brought up the letter that George Barnhill wrote where he threw in lots of history about Ahmed Arbery, but left out some telling details. There's been so much effort to talk about Arbery's history with the justice system. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can talk about that, what we know, and what's fair to include in there. I mean, I think it's fair to, if someone's suspected of burglary, if you have a previous conviction on a shoplifting charge, which he had, which led to the revocation of his probation, for an incident that happened back in high school when he attempted to bring a loaded gun into uh, into the school gymnasium. But he did his time, so to speak. Then there's another twist in the story. George Barnhill, it turns out he's got a son who investigated Ahmad Arbery for his previous shoplifting charge. And the reason that information came to light, it wasn't because Barnhill disclosed it at the outset. It's because Ahmad Arbery's mother, Wanda Cooper-Jones, she looked around on Facebook, figured it out. Had she not done that, he wouldn't have told, I'm sure wouldn't have told anyone that his son had investigated Ahmad and Raymond Michael had and would have recommended no criminal charges. He thought there was insufficient evidence for probable cause. What he says would have gone, the case would have been no bill, and there'd be, no, there'd be nothing more. But Ahmad's mom cried foul. So state officials sent the case to a third district attorney, a guy named Tom Durden. Did you expect charges would be brought? You know, I talked to some attorneys, uh, and they said, you know, a couple that I spoke to said, well, they'll probably take it to a grand jury. And he could just decide to, he could just decide to charge these guys on his own, right? He could have done that. Yes, it could have been done along the way. So his, you know, he doesn't make a full commitment 
to anything at that point. But then the video comes out. It shows Ahmad Arbery being shot by Travis McMichael with Greg McMichael right there. There's a huge response. LeBron James tweets it out. Joe Biden calls it a modern-day lynching. Newly surfaced video now showing us what happened minutes before Ahmad Arbery was shot and killed in Brunswick, Georgia. And now his family's lawyers and the GBI are weighing in on what this could mean for this case. This cell phone video recorded the moment Arbery was cornered by the men and shot twice by Travis while jogging near his mother's house in Brunswick, Georgia. The incident has sparked outrage and drawn national attention to Georgia and its justice system. And all of a sudden, Brian Kemp, the governor who has never spoken about this case before Tuesday, is tweeting, this is horrific. The state is willing to step in and investigate if you want it. Tom Dern accepts. GBI takes over the case. Those things would not have happened without the video. So it goes from, we're looking into it, we're taking our time, to all of a sudden, this is over. We're bringing in the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, and also we are arresting these two people very quickly. Right. Because a video that is looks really bad has been released and we gotta get we gotta get in front of this. In his reporting, Christian had heard about this video. George Barnhill had referred to it when he explained why he was refusing to prosecute the McMichaels, which is why the video that came out wasn't what Christian was expecting. I thought it would be another like, oh, maybe it could be, you know what I'm saying, one of those hard to really determine to conclude what, who was in the right. Um, but this was, you know, two guys in a pickup truck looking like they're storming Fallujah, ambushing a, a black jogger who, you know, appeared to be jogging to me. Just the imagery of it was just so stark. And then seeing a man shot, you know, he was shot on film and it's final steps where he's trying to run away again and he gets about five feet away and then just collapses. So the guy who filmed the video is under investigation, might have been a party to the crimes alleged here. But Christian Boone says he's looking for something besides arrests now. He wants to know who's going to dig into how this case got so mangled by law enforcement. You know, that's, that's the big question here is who's going to investigate the investigation? Now, Chris Carr, the attorney general, sent out a statement yesterday saying that he was going to look at it. What, what he can do about it, I don't, I don't yet know. But I think that's why you've seen a lot of people calling for the FBI, for the feds to come in and look at this. Arresting the Michaels was the easy part. Looking into this investigation, what it says about law and justice in that part of the world is, is the hard part. It's so funny reading about this story, I kept getting this picture in my mind, like in a classic police procedural, you'll have those pictures on a board and who's connected to whom. Mm -hmm. But I was getting that picture with people in the prosecutor's office. <laughs> like, yeah. here's Jackie Johnson. She's connected to George Barnhill and she's connected to Greg McMichael. Like all of these people are connected. And it's just so funny that my picture, it's on the other side of this crime. Yeah, it's, it's you know, as, as one African-American leader told me down there, it's like, you know, this is the two oldest stories. These stories are as old as George, you know, corruption and racism. And this is, they kind of collide in this story. On Sunday night, Georgia's attorney general officially asked the Department of Justice to investigate the circumstances of Ahmaud Arbery's death. 
Christian Boone, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Christian Boone is the public safety reporter at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. If you're interested in this story, I highly recommend you follow Christian's reporting. And that's the show. What Next is produced by Mary Wilson, Jason DeLeon, and Daniel Hewitt. Tell me what you think of what we're doing. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mary's desk. Thanks for listening. I'm Mary Harris. I'll talk to you tomorrow.